0: Hey, everyone, today is May 17th, 2022, and we're gonna talk about solutions for high gas prices. With prices as high as they are, chances are your family is suffering. Let's face it, we spend a lot of money on our commute, on how we get around. So what can we do about it other than, you know, uh, try to pressure oil companies or boycotts and that sort of thing? It turns out there's actually a lot that we can do about it um, right now without waiting for action from others that we can do right now to protect ourselves, to reduce our costs, and to lean into a budget that's more sustainable for us. And actually, it's a quadruple win because it's going to create a healthier body for us, a healthier budget for us. Um, it also is very good for the planet, and it even could make you a lot happier. So don't think that this is all butterflies and rainbows and fuzzy talk, you know, fluffy talk. There's some real serious data here that you're going to want to look at. So stay stay with me. I'll be right back, and we'll get right into my PowerPoint presentation. I'm serious. There are some things that you do not know about oil and oil prices that you really need to know. So again, we'll be starting in just a moment. All right, thank you again for joining me. I am Natalie Pace, and again, there's a lot of infor- there will be a lot of information in this podcast and webinar that is just not out there in the mainstream media. So I do encourage you to share this with your friends because together, if we all did the things that I'm gonna outline for you in this webinar, if every one of us did it, gas prices would go down. And I'll show you how that works in my slide point uh, PowerPoint presentation. So again, the easiest way to see this webinar is just to go to youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. All of my webinars are in the same video conference playlist. You can also check it out as a podcast on Spotify. And the easiest way to find that is go to nataliepace.com. There's a giant banner ad that's saying Spotify. Just click on it and it'll take you over to it. And of course, if you ever have trouble locating a specific episode, just email us, info. At Nataliepace.com and put in the subject line exactly what you want. It makes it much easier. All right, let's jump in and get started. So I wanted to start off with just an overview of some of the facts that you might not be aware of. So again, this is solutions for high gasoline prices, and boy are they high. I think one thing that we have to acknowledge is that high gas prices, which are at a historic high right now, it's highly correlated with recession. So if you're looking at my webinar on youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace, you can see the gray bars. And every time the prices peak, the gasoline prices peak almost every time, um, we have a recession. And so we just had a little one and it was interesting because the p- gasoline prices were pretty high, not at, not anywhere near as high as they are right now. And they went down during the most recent pandemic recession. We'll come back to why that was the case and how all of us working together to reduce, uh, our demand can actually do that again. All right. So again, if we look at this chart, you can see that recessions are highly correlated with high gasoline prices, but the most recent recession in the pandemic, the prices plunged. And in fact, if we go and look at oil prices, they went negative. So here's uh, another chart of the gasoline prices and here's of the oil prices. And as you can see, During the pandemic, oil prices actually went negative. So in the futures market, those people, there were people who had uh, contracts that they did not want to take delivery of the oil and they had to pay someone else to take delivery and to store it for them. So again, when you have to pay instead of getting money, that's negative prices. How did that happen? During the pandemic in the United States, that's a US chart. We stopped driving in the first part of the pandemic, and the skies were bluer than they've ever been in my lifetime, but what also happened is that nobody was going to the gas pump to fill up their car, their gas tank, and so gasoline prices plunged. Again, there are two sides to this equation. Right now, we have a tight supply, particularly since we're boycotting Russia, but on the demand side, if we were to say work from home more, telecommute more, um, you know, maybe postpone the vacation, whatever it is that we can do. And I'm not telling you that you should give up fun and adventure. I'm just saying that there is a correlation between supply and demand, and that you will be able to, um, you will be able to control the prices more if we reduce demand. That That's a big piece of this. And again, we were able to do that during the pandemic because we had lockdown. But there are a lot of people that are still working from home. So this is actually something that we could choose to do this time rather than being forced to do. So one other thing I wanted to make sure you guys are aware of is that the U.S., is almost energy independent um, on the gasoline side. So we produce the most, 20% of the world's total is produced in the U.S., and we consume the most, 20% of the world's total is consumed in the United States. And that is why... The U.S. isn't suffering quite as much as the European countries might, although gas prices, you know, and oil prices, gasoline prices in the U.S. are uh, subject to the global demand. So when, you know, we have a shock like Russia boycotts, of course, everybody gas prices go up, oil prices go up as long as the war continues they're usually oil prices stay high. So unless we find a way to reduce demand, oil prices will remain high. Now, the other side of it is that if we reduce our own personal demand, then the amount that we pay goes down because we're using less. So let's talk about how we can do that as well. And there's also a demand side that a lot of people are just not aware of. So over half, of each a barrel of oil is used to make plastic, polyester, asphalt, rubber, and other petrochemicals. That's a statistic that a lot of people are just not aware of. So if you are doing single-use plastic, whether it's a plastic bag or a drink and toss, you know, cold latte at your favorite coffee shop you know, this is also contributing to the problem because over half, over half of that barrel of oil is used not to make gasoline, but to make plastic and polyester. So that is why I say, you know, hey, could part of the solution actually be in your cupboard and your closets? So if you switch out of plastic drink and toss plastic bottles, whether it's plastic water bottles to a stainless steel container and uh, filtered water to your own glass reusable containers. If you switch from wearing polyester and start wearing uh, natural fibers, this is cashmere, wool, cotton. Um, you know, those are the best ones in terms of uh, CO2 footprint. Now, again, this is a big deal because a lot of people are just not aware that so much of oil goes into making plastic and polyester so we can um reduce demand on that side too not just by working from home deciding to attend that video conference or that conference that we were going to fly to deciding to attend it online instead there are many ways that we can do this and again Think of it in terms of even, you know, your colleagues at work. You could promote this at work. If we as the customer decide that we're going to reduce the demand, that is going to have an impact on the, on the prices, but only if we do it as a group, all of us together. So it is important to tell your friends, about these important statistics. And again, the easiest way for them to get it is to watch this webinar themselves on youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace or listen to the podcast on Spotify. So please do share with them. Um, this is just a reminder that, you know, again, reducing plastic and single use is very good for our planet. So these are quadruple wins, healthier planet, healthier budget, healthier body, and happier life. Now, here's another statistic. Most people are spending about $7,500 a year on their car. Okay, that includes the car payment, the car insurance, the gasoline, which of course is could even be higher right now. And the maintenance. Now, if you have an electric vehicle, you don't have the maintenance and you have half the cost of the gasoline. So should everybody run out and get an EV? That's a possibility. It's definitely better um, in terms of your budget. It could be a lot better in terms of carbon emissions, too. It kind of depends on your state because some states power their grid very dirty. In some states, it might be even still 95% fossil fuels. Most states, no. Most states, um, you know, the nationwide average is about 60% fossil fuels. And some states like Oregon and Washington and California are much better than that. But um, I would say that we should be looking at even um, more micromobility. What do I mean by that? Try to see if you can walk to some more of your errands rather than driving. Um, let me show you what that looks like because I have some good stories to tell you about this and about how much you can save. Actually, it's interesting because I interviewed the mayor of Santa Monica a few years uh, back and he said that their family of four, they had one car and five bikes and that they had cut their costs of transportation in half and that included when they needed it using a rideshare or a taxi. So you might look into something like this. And there are people even, look, Santa Monica, that's easy to do because it's pretty moderate weather. But I wanna remind you that biking burns fat and saves money. and Whereas driving around in your car burns money and can store fat. So, again, when we talk about that quadruple win, um, actually, it's going to be a quintuple win because now we have healthy body, healthy budget, healthy um planet, you know, happier person and reducing demand. Again, that's going to be the call button here. We can affect gasoline prices by reducing demand. And it doesn't mean quit your job. It doesn't mean um that you can't ever use your car. It just means... Is there a way that you can make a healthier choice? Can you negotiate work from home? Your boss wants you to be happy and to have the money you need. So if all of a sudden, and if you're able to work at home, certainly there are some positions you're not. But if you're able to, then um, they may want to work with you because they don't want you to bankrupt your life or lose your home or any of the things that can happen when gasoline prices raise are, are are so high and we already have the other, you know, housing is so high, all these other things are so high. So you might be surprised about how your employer will work with you if you are not already working from home or doing some telecommute or a flex schedule, particularly if you, you know, talk to other people at your work to see if maybe this is a solution that everybody needs to do for now. Now, Lee and Jonathan Watkins bike 12 miles a, a day to work. Look how fit they are. They're in their fifties. This is Poundbury, England. Now, England is not known for its fantastic weather and they love riding their bike. She describes it, look, It's just a different experience when you're out there and you see birds and you hear the birds and you smell the trees and all this sort of thing. So they also have massive savings. In fact, there's another story that I tell in The Power of 8 Billion, It's Up to Us, which is my new book about you know how we can have this quadruple win in the many areas of our life while also reducing our personal CO2 footprint by 30% or more. Now, in the book, the other couple that's featured um, is Katie and Pete Smith. Now, they were commuting about an hour a day, and they got in a terrible, terrible car accident. And after that, they they were a little traumatized by it. They got a job in their hometown of Cownbury. They walked to work every day, and the amount of money that they save is in the thousands every year. So, again, if you're spending $7,500 on average on every car, and you could just do what, you know, Mayor Winter in Santa Monica did and go down to one car for the family, imagine how much you might save. Would that help while we wait for our supply, um, you know, to uh, to either go back to where it should be or our demand to greatly go down, which will help us get to reasonable Gasoline prices again. So a lot of people say, I don't want to ride a bike because it's just not safe. So, you know, that's where you have to communicate with others. As you can see here, there are no um, bike lanes on the street. And Yo just got uh, made it cool and popular. And when you have enough people that get on the street with their bikes, Um, then you're going to get city council trying to make it safer for everybody. And it is doable. So Santa Monica has become very bike friendly. And as you can see, look, Yo was a big reason for that. This is from, you know, probably 20 years ago. So here are just a few solutions. Again, there's six now. I should change that drive less. Can you work from home? Can you carpool? Can you attend conferences online? Number two, walk and bike more, especially for local errands and for exercise. Do you really need to Drive to the gym or should you get a few weights and weight lift at home and go for online classes? Maybe you can still support your your favorite teachers, but ask them to have an online component. Get creative about it. Um, Ask people because everybody wants lower gas prices. Make your community bike and pedestrian friendly. Again, that's going to require lobbying and talking at city council meetings, but it can be done. Um, There are blueprints all over, especially from Santa Monica, that your city council can use. Eliminate plastic. So again, we have to remember and tell all of our friends that little known fact that over half. Of the barrel of oil is used to make plastic, polyester, asphalt and other petrochemicals. So if we can reduce the demand on plastic and polyester and that sort of thing, then we can also be, um, you know, helping, uh, especially if all of us did it. Wear only natural fibers. So again, polyester is a petrochemical. It's also, you know, not that breathable. It, um, you know, chemi- uh, oil-based chemicals like that, they actually attract bacteria more than natural fibers. So you're going to be doing yourself many favors. This is viscose that I'm wearing, FYI. It's another natural fiber. It's not quite as great as uh, wool or cotton, but it's pretty good. And then buy less of everything. You know, we just have to remember also that when we buy something that's made in China, it gets shipped over. Can you imagine how much oil and gas is used on those barges from China? Can you just imagine it? So if we buy less, then we are actually reducing the demand of transportation. And transportation is about 30% of all of the CO2. Well, you know, we've already talked about it. 20 of the biggest oil companies are responsible for over one third of all the CO2 in our atmosphere. So if we can reduce our own personal one, but also reduce the transportation of industry and of shipping and all of that, that's gonna go a long way to reducing demand. So what control do we have? We have control of trying to limit and to cut back on how much oil and gas that we have to use personally. And that does include the petrochemicals, plastic, polyester, that does include transportation costs of buying a lot of stuff. And we also want to make sure that we are trying to make this more permanent because as we're seeing you know, this kind of shock, whether it comes from war or boycotts or, you know, a pandemic, these kinds of shocks really affect our commodities that our lives are dependent upon. So the more that we can get informed and the less reliant we are on fossil fuels, the healthier our budget's going to be and also very good for the planet. So, We have, again, these six tips, drive less, walk and bike more, make your community bike and pedestrian friendly, eliminate plastic, wear only natural fibers, and buy less of everything. And remember that every cent you own and every moment you spend is always an investment. Now, again, a lot of this information and much, much more is found in the Power of 8 Billion it's up to us, this is a new book and the president of earthday.org wrote the forward. She is, um, Earth Day is the biggest uh, environmental organization in the world. Go to com and you'll see the power of 8 billion. It's up to us book cover right there. All you have to do is click on it. As you can see, I made it as low as Amazon would let me. I think it's 2.99 for the ebook. The print edition is more because we're encouraging you to buy the ebook but again my challenge is that we should each reduce our own personal co2 footprint by 30 percent or more this year and the good news about it is it's a quadruple win we're going to have more money in our budgets for things we like a lot more than pumping gas so thank you again for joining me And it is very important that we, each one of us, is not alone in this task. If we can get everybody to start reducing their demand on oil and gas and other petrochemicals that are made from those barrels of oil, then we can, in fact, faster than the politicians and the leaders are going to do it, we can take the gas prices down but it will require all of us doing it so my challenge to you is to get the word out thank you so much for joining me again natalie pace visit nataliepace.com share the podcast which is on spotify share this webinar which is going to be on youtube.com forward slash natalie pace very soon and again one last time see how easy it is to find me on spotify All you have to do is go to nataliepace.com and you'll see the Spotify tab right there. You'll also see all of my other social media, whether you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or email or LinkedIn, whatever it is that you're interested in, you're going to be able to find me there. Thanks again for joining me. And together we can do this. Again, you know, when we wait for politicians and leaders to do things, really takes a long time. When consumers act, action happens. All right. Thanks so much. And by the way, tomorrow I'm going to be doing it again because there's a lot of people that are getting very tempted to buy a house high while prices are at an all-time high and sales are actually slumping and interest rates are rising. So should you buy that house? We'll talk about that tomorrow. Thanks again. Bye now.